Brené Brown does the Mark Twain quote, dance like no one is watching, sing like no one is listening, and love like you've never been hurt, and live like it's heaven on earth. And I think that's just such a wonderful quote, and that's a quote that I kind of feel I want to live by as well. I just don't want to worry about what other people think of me. And, um, and then Brené Brown says about letting go of being cool and always in control. Now, it feels easy just to be in control, doesn't it? It just feels safe. But I found, for me, I'm not someone who does that. I don't know if I've just got, you know, I don't know, some attention deficit disorder, but I just have to move. I have all this energy that I just need to, to release. And, um, and sometimes that can, that can be challenging for people um, if they're used to having others just conform and sit in a square box. But in a square box, I kind of just get all a little bit, oh, doesn't quite fit. So I have to find a way out <laughs> and, and just kind of feel my way out of there. It just becomes a little bit uncomfortable for me. So, so I was just thinking, just to start... I think some of you might think, do you know what, I, I, I'm not a dancer, I can't dance, I don't have rhythm, I, I'm not sure how to kind of tune into sounds and things. So what I thought I would do is just, I'm just going to get you to clear your laps, no one's having to get up, just clear your laps for a moment, just, let's just shake out our hands, let's just shake out, that's it, I'm just going to breathe in, just... <sighs> And breathe out. I'm just going to breathe in the Holy Spirit. And breathe out any inhibitions that we're feeling or concerns. Like this. Okay. So now I'm just going to play. Gets. Phil. <laughs> sorry, Phil. I'm just going to call you Paul. I'm sorry. I'm just going to get Phil to play a track. But what I want you to do is just, just listen. All right. Just. Just get a feel, see what happens. I'm just going to get you to put that on for a moment. So what were you noticing? Were you noticing? Were you just thinking, you know what, I don't do anything, but was there a, a renegade foot going on there? Was that, was that, just, how, who is that? Does that belong to me? And was there a, I don't know, I just like... Oh, my hand's moving. I'm going to bring that in. Was there something happening Yes. yes, there was, wasn't there? So there's something that you're connecting with. Okay, so I'm just going to ask you now if you would just trust me and just stand for a moment. So, how did that feel? Amazing, didn't it? Did you see the things released? And did you feel a little bit energised? Dance is wonderful, it's amazing, it makes us laugh. It creates room inside of us to, to receive new things. Okay, sit down. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining in with me. That was amazing. I loved it. Thank you. So, it should make you fit as well. <laughs> I think I was laughing as well and forgot to breathe. <laughs> so, a little bit about me. So, I've danced since a child. And I've ministered in dance and taught dance workshops and danced at events throughout the world. Um, I was principal dancer at Spring Harvest for 10 years and teaching others um, just to how to be free 
and how to dance in, in a place where we didn't have choreography. We would just have to go out onto that main stage and dance with, oh, what do I do? So we would just sense and feel. We felt we were led by the Holy Spirit. But do you know, sometimes things went wrong. <laughs> sometimes I'd go charging out with my ribbon and then find my ribbon had been left behind and I just had a stick. <laughs> Blessing people with a stick. <laughs> Other times I remember flossing the front row with a ribbon as well. <laughs> and literally, I have to say, as, I, as the ribbon left the flossing, it hit things that magnify sound. A speaker. A speaker. <laughs> and as it left the speaker, the guitarist had the ribbon wrapped around his arm. <laughs> and I was just going, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and then just carried on dancing again. And do you know what? I, I literally had to let go of some, some things. <laughs> there were, pride had to go. <laughs> Any inhibitions that I felt had to go. I just had to trust what God was asking of me is sometimes I messed up. But you know what? He just loved it. Mm. He loved it. Yeah. And like Paul was saying, you know, the Father loves me. Mm. Whether I get it right or wrong, there isn't a right or a wrong. There's just being and just doing and enjoying. And that's what that's why I can't have a hand mic. <laughs> I just move. <laughs> so but what I noticed as well with dance was how it did change people's lives and how the Holy Spirit just came in and brought transformation and I was curious about that and so the Lord took me on a journey and a journey as a dancer and then a journey as a minister of dance and teaching that and helping others to be released in that and to be released in freedom more than dancing because it's, it was about releasing people into other things. It's not just about being a dancer. There's so much more. And as I say, it creates room and space. We let go of more of who we are and those self-conscious ways of being. And as Paul said, sometimes, you know, you go to a wedding and it's going to start, and that's what my husband does. Oh, here we go. And he always ends up with bad ankles. He says, after dancing with me, because I don't stop. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes people, as Paul mentioned, I think you did mention, they might just have a little bevy yeah, yeah. to get them going, you know. But actually, I can't. I'm always, I only drink water. Well, I do have wine sometimes. But <laughs> if I go out, I only drink water because I want to enjoy the dance. I want to enjoy and feel all of it and all of who I am so that I can just release that and just engage with it and have fun with it. I don't want to have that dulled in any way. I just want to have that sense inside of me. So anyway, I was very curious about all this, so God took me on a journey um, and I trained as a dance movement psychotherapist which is a fairly new profession. It's only been going it's about 80 years, I think. It started in America. And um, it's now here in England. And um, you have to train at master's level, which is a challenge because I'm not academic. I'm a creative. I don't do things like that. I look at pictures and I draw <laughs> instead of words. You know, I prefer that. But God had shown me before I was going to do this that he wanted me to be to find the authentic him. And when I found the authentic him, I would find the authentic me. 
And part of that journey, on this particular day when I was laying on the floor at a worship event, he then handed me a dance degree. Little did I know when I took it that I'd have to go on this journey. I thought it meant, oh yeah, thanks a lot, rubber stamp, that's it. I am, I'm Mr. I don't have to do anything else. <clears throat> but I went on a journey, and it was a journey. And I trained in this area, and now God has taken me into fields where I work with women who have been through domestic violence, who have been through quite extensive forms of abuse, who have lost a sense of a feel within their own bodies. They're not at home anymore. They have shame that is so deep that it's very difficult for them to even know or understand who they are. And with Dance Movement Psychotherapy, I'm able to help these women to go on a journey to begin to recover some of self. Um, I also work with women who um, have also experienced loss. So I work with women who have lost babies, and maybe through stillbirth, maybe through miscarriage. And again, uh, struggle with the fact that their bodies aren't working, or they feel they're not working as they should. <clears throat> so I again work with women to help them recover a sense of self and a sense of their body again. And that's what movement does. So movement and dancing also releases endorphins in the brain. And I think that we were all released, had some endorphins released just now. <laughs> and, <clears throat> um, and it's able to, to bring healing from trauma. So the release of these endorphins does bring about a, a sense of well-being and joy. And I certainly did feel that just now. So I, I hope that was shared, because that's part of community. I want to share that. And I just saw some people really enjoying this movement as well and, and really being engaged with that. And, um, but also, movement can literally reprogram our brains. We can create new neurons and synapses that can bypass certain elements of, of things within our thinking, um, with, with illnesses. So movement can actually reprogram the brain. And I've just put here as well that um, as joy is released in us, and Nehemiah talks about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in, also in Psalm 19.8, it says, the precepts, of the, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. So the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Now that made me think of Moses. And you know, he was radiant when he came from being with God. He literally shone so much that he had to wear a veil. But he was radiant. And there's research that has come about, which is quite interesting with research, but it talks about these things called mirror neurons, which, we now have, which they've now discovered in us. And when there's joys released, when we feel happy, we release these mirror neurons and we literally radiate, we light up. And that's infectious because others see that and then they're drawn to you. But you know what? Moses already knew about that. God already knew about that because God did that in the beginning. He created us in this way. But we literally reflect the love of God. So in the opposite, when we're stressed or anxious or, or perhaps in a fearful state, our brain can release a chemical called cortisol. And this can affect our bodies in, in quite different ways, but it can cause tiredness, it can cause lethargy, it can cause anxiety, foggy thinking. 
And we can feel disorientated and then become disconnected from our bodies. So that stops us from being able to move. We, we shut down, we close down and can withdraw. So our body learns what it does, what it can feel like when danger perhaps can appear. So we learn, our brain learns how to, to shut down. Our hippocampus here, which receives information, literally can shrink. This is our memory storer, and we can bring in all our memories from here. It focuses down to what's called our amygdala. I love neuroscience, so I'm not going to go into it too much, but it fascinates me. So our amygdala takes on the senses and the feelings and releases that in our body. But when we have fear or anxiety, the hippocampus shrinks. And then we forget, we can't remember things, we can't store information. We can remember some of the senses and the feelings, so the anxiety can still happen, but we can't remember why. So, Maya Angelou talks about, um, a, it's a beautiful quote that says, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside of you. Now, movement can begin to release our stories. So we have something, um, when I was doing my research, I, I had, um, uh, I looked at something called a palimpsest. I don't know if anyone's heard about the palimpsest. And when um, people were, archaeologists were finding sort of things in the Egyptian pyramids and things, they found this, this paper, which is papyrus paper. And on that papyrus paper was written story. So what they then thought, oh, well, look at this. We just want to x-ray this, and we want to see more of what this story says in the hieroglyphics. Well, what they found, what they discovered was fascinating, because underneath that was another story, and then they rubbed it out, and then there was another story, and then they, they, they saw through and through with the x-rays how the Egyptians had used this paper. So there was story upon story and upon story. And this is how our skin can, and our bodies can hold our stories. You know, Paul was saying that Paul, Paul was saying that Paul said, I am who I am. With all my stories, this is who I am. But Paul had found healing. Yeah. Paul had found restoration. Yeah. And Paul had been set free. But he had his stories with him. He didn't have to forget who he was, but they weren't things that defined him anymore. He was free. And that's what I work with people, to help them to tell their stories so they're not trapped and caught and stuck in boxes. They can find who they are and find freedom again. So the Hopi Indians have a saying, um, and this is from um, the Brené Brown book, and it says, to watch us dance is to hear our hearts speak. I love that. Now, when I watch some dancers, when I watch dancers minister, the stories I see released, I see heaven manifested in their dances. I see the word made flesh. I'm drawn in. And I just want to hear the story. I want to watch the story and I watch Stephen dance. You know, I just, I'm just drawn. And I, and I listen and I watch and I sense and I feel the stories that he's sharing. It just gives it a whole 3D effect for me. Because as I was saying earlier, words aren't, aren't great for me. I'm, I'm a picture person. But 
also when I see dance, when I see movement, when I see something literally kind of being painted in front of me, it's, it's stunning. So dance has been scientifically proven to relieve symptoms of depression, um, PTSD, Parkinson's, and there's a great lot of research now that, that shows that people who have Parkinson's, when they engage with music and dance, their balance is restored, the tremors stop, and if they keep with the dance therapy, as for, you know, three, four times a week, the symptoms of this um, of Parkinson's is no longer is not present. What has happened is they've created new bridges in the brain and bypassed the effects of what Parkinson's has done. Isn't God good? Yeah. It's not the dance therapy, really. It's God. What we've done is engaged in something. We've connected with heaven, and we've found a way that can bring restoration and healing to people. So, in many cultures, dance is an important part of expression, and it's telling and sharing stories of ancestors. There's ways of praying, of preparing for battle, and we can see a lot of that in um, the Old Testament. They celebrate the winning of battle. Miriam just going forward and leading people through the Red Sea, and you know when they're a little bit scared and didn't want to go, and she said, "Come on!" And she got a tambourine out, and off they went. When the battles were won, she was there dancing and celebrating, and helping people to remember the stories. Because what happens is the palimpsest. It goes into our bodies. We hold the stories, the good as well. Mm. We remember. Mm. So, Paul mentioned as well, it's about grieving the loss of loved ones. We can let go. We can take on that grief. We can move with that. So these dances are cultural and they do develop community and a sense of belonging. They are social and in some cases, they're even social status. I don't know if some of you watch some of these um, period dramas and, and certain people were the only ones who would learn to dance mm. and they were the only ones who could do the dances mm. and, but that was also a way of, of bringing community of socialising and that's the only way sometimes that a man and a woman could meet with her gloved hand and, and dance the dances mm. so it's a wonderful way of bringing people together so these dances have been handed down the generations and danced through history. And even now with the refugee crisis, there's a sense of community and identity that's being supported by the cultural dances of the people. And it's bringing about a sense of being, a sense of belonging again. And I have colleagues who go over and help people remember their dances, their culture through this. But for many of us, there is no form of self-expression that makes us feel more vulnerable than dancing. And Brené Brown calls it, as Paul mentioned earlier, a full-body vulnerability. And I agree, it is. And I know sometimes, even before I go and dance, you know, I just really have to know that I'm with God, and I really have to sense and feel Him. And, and, and I always dance when He invites me. 
I wait for that invitation. But there is also a full-body dance at home where I'm just flinging myself around and there's Brian, my husband, myself, our two students. I got them up dancing last night at the dinner table. We just started dancing and we were practicing the dance I thought, you know, what I wanted to do later. And, and we were all just enjoying ourselves. And, uh, well, I just think we were. <laughs> I hope we were. <laughs> but I, I was, I was, yeah. But, you know... It brought us together. One of my students is Japanese and can barely speak English. The other of my students is Swiss. And, and uh, yeah, he's, he's learned how to, to be a little bit more open. But do you know what? There was no language. <laughs> they just got used to me at home. <laughs> just dancing all over the place. But, but do you know what? There, was, there, was, there is a language barrier, but we all connected through dance last night and the night before and, and other times we connect through dance yeah. and that's really brought and deepened the relationship with my Japanese student and it's wonderful and she just loves it and she just keeps coming and she sees she's me oh Tina and she just starts does a, a little dance as she comes in now and that when we communicate and it's wonderful so as I say Brené Brown calls it a full body vulnerability but, you know, could you imagine that what we call vulnerability might just be the key to ongoing growth? Yeah. It might just be that key. So Richard Raw says that healthy, vulnerable people use every opportunity to expand, change and grow. But it's risky. And it is risky. Brené Brown talks about this in her book, but she says, take the risk. If we don't give ourselves permission to be free, we'll rarely tolerate the freedom of others. Right. And that's a challenge, isn't wow. it? I'm going to say, yeah. So, I've got to find it. <laughs> okay. But if we don't take the risk, if we don't give ourselves permission to be free, we will rarely tolerate that freedom in others. Now, that's not something that I want to hold in myself. Mm. I don't just want to tolerate the freedom in others. I want to embrace the freedom in others. I want to dance and step into their freedom and enjoy that and share my freedom and, and just be with... I, I don't want to be someone who just stands back, you know, just think, mm. I just wish they'd quiet down. <laughs> I just, just wish that, you know, she just keeps still for a minute. Do you know, if she bumps into me one more time, <laughs> <laughs> smiling away, you know, I, I, I've experienced that. Um, and it, it's painful when you're on the other end of it. I've also been someone who was so shut down herself that I thought that too. And that was painful as well. And I don't want to feel that. I want to feel free. And I want others to feel free too. So embrace your freedom. So for me, when I dance, dance has set me free. It's healed me. It's unleashed my soul full, F-O-O-L, expressions. <laughs> and it's who I am. And the freer I am, the more I accept myself and the more I desire that freedom for others. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't that amazing? Adults being taught by children to be free. Yeah. 
I just, I just love that. Those, those kids hadn't been told they can't dance, they haven't got rhythm, they hadn't been told they need to be trained. They, they were just free. Yeah. And they were freeing up the adults just to be free and just to, just to enjoy and have fun. And, it, and I said, watch that little girl's face. And also with Jennifer Lopez, do you know what? There were mirror neurons popping off all over the place there. It was wonderful and beautiful. And I just keep watching it because I just love it so much. And what an inspiration for us. Yeah. What an inspiration just yeah. to be free and abandoned and not care what anyone thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So... I think I'm just going to go on, Stephen, and then I'm going to get you to come up in, in a minute. Is that all right? Thank you. Thank you. So, where does dance originate? Does God approve of dance? Yeah, 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 he does. So, God is the creator and source of all creativity. God created all things, and all things were created for his purpose and his pleasure. That's in Revelation. So he has created all movement to bring him praise. And we can see this in his creation. So he formed the planets, the cosmos, as they move and spin around one another in perfect timing. They don't collide or clash. They move in this wonderful choreographed dance up in the cosmos. And in the microcosmos, as the neurons and protons create amazing choreography, now they do collide because they need to, but that's why. <laughs> and they spark and they cling together and they, they move and make beautiful, wonderful things, connecting with atoms and they spark off symphonies of life, light and colour. It's incredible and it's wonderful. It's happening all around us. And it's just one of those most beautiful things and then his, his greatest creation, us. Oh, you know what? He, this is just continuing the glorious song and dance of creation. And as Paul was talking about Zephaniah, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you and he will rejoice over you with singing. Can you imagine as he was putting Adam together? As, because I can't sing, that's Paul's job. <laughs> but you know, he was just putting all that and bringing all of that together in this wonderful, beautiful creation. And here the express and rejoice over you, and Paul has already brought that out, the Hebrew word gul, 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 gul. <laughs> okay, so this can literally be translated as to been around under the influence, and I've got here, of under any violent emotion. Now that's not restrained. When I read that, I don't see that as being restrained. It's to be glad to rejoice. It describes the kind of joy that needs to be expressed with the whole being, with everything. It's a full-bodied vulnerability. The dance that David danced when leading the ark into the tabernacle, that was a full-bodied vulnerability. Yeah. Do you know that? I think I would have felt a little bit vulnerable dancing in my ephod. 
<laughs> but do you know what? He took off the restraints of man. He took off his royal robes and said, this is how I have to be. This is who you're saying I should be. And I'm taking all of this off because now this is who God says I am. And I'm a man of his own heart. I'm a man who loves God and God loves me. And I'm going to do everything. And I'm going to do it under a violent emotion. And I'm going to dance and I'm going to enjoy just bringing and coming into the presence of God with all of who I am. And I'm not going to let anyone stop me, even his wife. And she just looked at him with disdain. And, you know, and God closed her womb. But she couldn't find it in her heart to find that freedom. And then he said, I will be even more undignified than this. How can you be even more undignified than that? But he was passionate for his God because he felt, felt the passionate love of God for him. And it was just this wonderful exchange. So we are moved, and we have been moved by God from the moment of conception. As God forms us and creates us in our mother's womb, and we can the beautiful description of that in Psalm 139. Our DNA from heaven is blueprinted in every cell as they multiply and move and dance us into being. They move us, they dance us into being. It doesn't, it's not just, okay, so, are you going to move or am I going to move? Um, I don't know. Well, if we've got to do something, because we won't gather together and make this beautiful human being. They have to collide, they have to move, they have to multiply, they have to create, and they have to grow into something. And the movement, and as the baby's growing, and they're moving, and they're they're feeling and you can feel all the stretching and the growing and the moving and the dancing and inside God is singing continuously over us and God saw all that he has made and it was very good wow, wow, wow so the very heartbeat of heaven is our beatbox It's in us. The very heartbeat of heaven is our beatbox. Boom, 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 boom. We're dancing to the sounds of heaven. And we're familiar with the sounds, the drum of God's heartbeat, the sound of his voice. We are connected into the circle dance of heaven. And it's a perfect communion between Father, Son and Holy Spirit. It is here that we are connected into the dance of love. So this is a radical relatedness, a perfect communion, drawing us into intimacy, relationship, friendship, belonging, identity. So they give us, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they give us the song sheet. They improvise the dances. And these dances were danced before we were even told that we can't. Before we were told we're not trained, before we were told to be quiet, not to show off. Before we were told, you don't have any rhythm. You can't dance. But we, we know we can. We, we were listening to that song earlier. And we were just sitting there. And things were happening. We can. We connect. We feel it in us. You see, we have the divine dance deep, deep inside of us. And we are called to be like little children. Like that little girl. 
dancing, like those children dancing. We're called to be like them. So whoever becomes simple and elemental again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. When you receive the childlike on my account, it's the same as receiving me. So remember toggleography. Can't even say it. But remember that and the joy that was happening in in that dance. So God is not just a dancer. God is the dance himself. And this is not a new trendy view. This is about as traditional as you can get. So this is in the words of Brother Elias, I can't pronounce his, Macau, and he's a monk at the Monastery of the Holy Spirit in Conyers in Georgia, and it's from a book, Tears from an Innocent God. The ancient Greek fathers depict the Trinity as a round dance, an event that has continued for over 6,000 years, and six times 6,000 and beyond the time when humans first knew time. An infinite current of love streams without ceasing to and fro. An infinite current of love. There's no beginning, there's no end. To and fro, streaming from heaven, gliding from the Father to the Son and back to the Father in one timeless happening. This circular current of Trinitarian love continues night and day. The orderly and rhythmic process of subatomic particles spinning around and round at immense speed echoes in its dynamism. I think that's just, when I read that, I just was incredibly moved. There is this wonderful dance, the round dance of heaven. And we're invited. In Psalm 32, 7, God says, You are my hiding place. Uh, It says here, You are my hiding place. And you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The word surround is translated from the Hebrew word kebab. And this can literally be translated to revolve, to circuit, to walk, to turn, to twirl, to whirl. I mean, these are words of scripture. We're not making this up. This is what is hidden. The mysteries are hidden. And the dance is there for us. And we're invited into this wonderful round dance. So God is whirling around us with a victorious dance and songs of salvation and deliverance. And then Paul would mention this about Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. He was full of so much joy. And he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learn it and reveal them to little children. For this, Father, this is for your good pleasure. So us as little children, as we become more childlike, as we let go of those inhibitions, those feelings of shame, as we let go more and more of those things that have been bolted on to us and caused us to lose a little bit of self, as we let those things go, we can find more of that freedom that God has promised us, the mysteries unravel. So in here, the expression full of joy is translated from Greek word, and it's what Paul Adelio, did you say that word? That sounds right. Yeah, and it literally <laughs> means, it says here, to jump for joy. So, I mean, I, I just, I love to jump, I love, I love to jump. Once I start, I can't stop sometimes. <laughs> so he just jumped. He just jumped. 
that's what my children used to call me, Tigger. That's the mummy's Tigger. And we used to jump a lot. But it describes that kind of, it can't be held inside. It can't. It has to be let out. You have to jump and it makes you, oh, it, it brings joy and expression. It releases the endorphins. It makes you feel good too. But it's heaven. It's a connection with heaven. It's not just made up. Because for in him we live and we move and we exist. And that is in him we actually have our being. As even some of the own, our own poets have said, we are also are his children. We are free. We're no longer slaves. And so if the Son has set you free, then you are unquestionably free. It doesn't mean so you have to jump around like I do. It doesn't mean you have to dance. It doesn't mean you have to sing. It's fine. Where are you unquestionably free? What is your creativity? What is it for you? Where would you find that? Where is the thing that releases those inhibitions, that sense of shame of, I can't do that. Oh, they'll think this. Oh, dear. They'll never ask me back again. <laughs> little, little thought. But, but you know what? You are unquestionably free. So dance physically changes our brain chemicals. It releases endorphins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, makes you happy. Holy Spirit makes you happy. When we dance with him, we're... There can't be a better place to be, can there? Dancing with him. So it causes a sense of well-being. It changes our countenance, creates new synapses in the brain, bringing healing to our bodies, emotionally, mentally, and physical. And all this originally planned and purposed by God for his purpose and his pleasure. So the triune, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit are our model. The divine dance, heaven is our model. And in that, worship never ceases. There is celebration and dancing continuously in heaven by the great multitude and from the triune in the divine dance. And we're made in their image. We exist in them. We move and have our being in them. Their DNA is inside of us. It's flowing through our veins. Do you know, we, we have our history, we talked about the palimpsest, but do you know what, as we were being created, God was speaking over us and put our ancestry in us from him. It's in us, it's a part of us. Wow. So their DNA is inside of us. So then it must be pleasing to the Father that we do the same here on earth, that we dance with him, we dance his dances. We sing his songs. We laugh his laughs. We join in with him. So, God is in us because we are in Christ. As members of the mystical body, Christians actually partake in the divine nature of the Trinity. We do not merely watch the dance. We dance the dance. We join hands with Christ and the Spirit flows through us and between us, and our feet move always in the loving embrace of the Father. In that, we are members of the body of Christ. We see the joyful love of the Father through the eyes of the Son. 
And with every breath, we breathe in the Holy Spirit. Now he's reaching out to you and saying, breathe in. Take my hand and let's dance.